How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy, you go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great, you'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Hurt At Sports Radio. We're kicking off hour number two here on Hurt At Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're also live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube as we effort, effort, not effort, effort, Jason Cole. He is a uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame selector as well as uh, an author of several books. I want to tell you about our friends at the Omaha Supernovas. They've got a match coming up on Thursday against the Atlanta Vibe. That's on the road, but you can uh, follow along on supernovas.com. You can listen live, look at live stats, as well as find out where to watch that as well. But they come back home March 14th against those same Atlanta Vibe at the CHI Health Center, 7 p.m. March 14th. Get your tickets at supernovas.com. You can also shop for some merchandise. You can check out the schedule, the roster, any other news and information you need from them as well. That is supernovas.com. So, in you know, you were kind of crushing me on in the comments a little bit here. That's not true. Uh, uh, mm, eh, eh, I, a little bit. <laughs> no, a little bit. I was agreeing with Matt. So Matt said that people who care about basketball. No, you have to read. I'll read it in its entirety. Yeah, okay? because let's read it in its I entirety. I could see this being your delivery. <laughs> to be clear. Yep. No your, one. Your, your favorite line. No, I to usually be, say, to be clear or let's, let's be let's clear. Be clear. <laughs> um, I usually say to be honest or let's be clear. Yeah. Uh, no one caps. As if the supposition before was is that it was ambiguous or. Yeah. Well, you know. We were being a little murky. Usually, no, when, we, usually when we get into an argument, it's because you're not being clear. You're, not, you're being a little ambiguous on me. Um, he says, no one pay, that pays attention to the NBA is talking about efficiency. If efficiency was an actual draw, it wouldn't be unwatchable. Uh, first of all, I think efficiency actually is more unwatchable if you go too far into it. Because we'll get to it later. Uh, we've got our Jason guy. Saved by the bell. Although I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride with Maddie here. You know what? Listen, you're more welcome to be wrong. Well, you come back to it. Hold that. Thought. That's fine. Coming in on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Jason Cole. He is an author, covers the NFL, and is a not pro. yet. Okay. Why is it up on the screen then? <laughs> I'm waiting for him. 
That's not helpful, Shane. Like, can we just make a new rule? Listen, I we have I haven't I haven't verbalized this before, so this is on me. Can we make a new rule that we don't put the name on the screen until it's ready? That would help me out a lot. That's all I'm saying. I'm. Just, I only have one arm. I can't put him on the screen and you know dial him up and do everything. All I only have like two arms there. Okay. Oh. So we don't we don't have Jason. Is that? But listen. You. Stop. Shane, would you like to talk to us? We good? We have a. We have him. Yeah. All right. Jason Cole's on the line on the Warhorse Sportsbook Holly. Jason, how are you this morning? I am fantastic. What's going on, uh, Jason? We—it's funny, but uh, we ran this all the way to this your segment. Maybe you can help us because, you know, we got all these TVs around us, and I'm 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 looking at the the Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson versus those guys can't beat Mahomes, and it's just funny because a couple of minutes earlier on the segment we we're talking about the salary cap and what the Chiefs would do in order to 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 build around him would. Mahomes makes some concessions being secure in his place in history. At what point do you look at championships or head-to-head when it comes to actual quarterback play? Does that matter to you? Um, yeah, it matters. Uh, is it down on the list? Is it up on the list? Is it? It's sort of... I'm not sure that, you know, I've never made a list. So I don't know where it stands, but it does sort of, ma- I mean, it, it's it's sort of like, you know, Magic versus Berg, right? Like, who's better, right? Who, you know, Brady versus Manning, who's better? Well, who won more often? Now, I understand football is, you know, ultimate team sport. You know, we can put that cliche out there, which is true. And so there's a lot of factors that go into it. And those guys don't actually play against each other. Like, say, Bird and Magic actually, you know, faced off and had to guard each other at certain times. Not a lot, but mm-hmm. but they did. Um, but, you know, head-to-head matter. I mean, look, winning matters. <laughs> That's why, I, you know, I hear people say, when they, when they want to talk to me about my Hall of Fame vote, and... They say, you know, I'll say, well, you know, this guy won this many Super Bowls and this guy didn't win any. They said, well, you know, it's it's a team sport. You know, guys don't control that. That's true. But the point of the exercise is to win. Like the point of playing is to is to is to win championships. So if you do that, you should get credit. If you don't, I'm not necessarily taking stuff away from you. But it's a differentiating factor. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So for, for, for you statistically, uh, and maybe this is too close of a comparison, so championships would be easy. But, like, if you had to take a guy, like, would you take Eli Manning over, like, let's say, Phillip Rivers, for instance? Like, that kind of discussion winning? Yeah, well, if, you're t- if you're ranking them, like, they're, you know, Phillip Rivers had a much better statistical career. I, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Philip Rivers played a much more consistent career. But at the end of the day, Eli Manning accomplished what, like, he lived up to the bargain, if that makes sense. Yeah, to the bargain. I, like, and, I, I may use that. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, the, the, the intent was, we're bringing you in because we want to win Super Bowls. 
and he did that. Philip Rivers, unfortunately, didn't. And the one time they got really close, you know, Marty Schottenheimer kind of blew the game, and you know, and Marlon McCree blew the game, and you know, they probably would have rolled to a title if you know, if, if not for a couple of plays. But that's how this thing works. Mm. That's you know, Brock Purdy would be holding the Super Bowl um, trophy if not for a couple of plays that San Francisco didn't come up with. Now, would I say that I would take Brock Purdy over Patrick Mahomes? Of course not. Like, that not be absurd. But when you're talking about guys who had pretty equal careers, yeah, I'm probably going to take the guy who ended up winning the championships, even though I know the other guy was a little bit more consistent, if, mm-hmm. that, if that makes sense, if, I, if I'm ranking yeah. their careers. But I, that, that, that's, that's a differentiator. We're talking with Jason Cole. He's an author and a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. Uh, Jason, you know, it. do you apply the championship logic at all the positions outside of the quarterback spot? Because that seems to be where we focus a ton on that. But obviously throughout different parts of the history of the game, other positions became more or less important. How much do you weigh in championships on, I mean, I'll I'll use a guy that that we talk about a lot around here because he played at Nebraska that people think should be a Hall of Famer, like a Roger Craig, right? How much do championships Mm -hmm. matter for his case as opposed to a quarterback? Oh, I like that. Okay. It's a a really good question. Um, And you would say it puts him in the discussion. I, you know, look, I watched Roger's career, mm-hmm. and I thought, this is a really great player. Is is it Hall of Fame worthy? I'm, I'm always left saying not quite. Mm. Um, and I don't think it was quite long enough or in terms of greatness, and I don't think it was quite... Um, spectacular enough um, and so the winning is really important and keeps him in the discussion but it comes up just a little short in my view like there's and there's a lot of running backs in there who you know Fred Taylor's having a hell of a time getting in probably won't make it um, who is the guy with the Rams Steve um, Steven Jackson Steven Jackson, right? Like that's a terrific player. Probably never make it. Ricky Waters um, mm-hmm. in that in that discussion, um, who put up some amazing numbers. Not quite there. Jamal Charles, um, who if you talk to people who saw them both play and coached both of them, they would say Jamal Jamal Charles was a better player than Ricky Waters, but I, not pre, not quite. Pre, there, Priest so. Holmes had a three four year run that was unbelievable. Right? Yeah, he has, a, he has a three or four year run that is that is you know Terrell Davis against you know, Terrell Davis plus a little bit you know it, it in you know in some ways right especially as a receiver it's not quite good enough um, to me. Jace, I love the the Magic Bird reference, and not just because Magic is my favorite player of of all time, but just your range in terms of sports. When you look at because this happens a ton with eras and comparing eras and giving allowances where they could clutch and grab or they didn't work guys in the slot or you couldn't hit guys. When you look at, like, just in your sports Rolodex, which sport for you when you do comparisons is is eras the easiest to transcend? 
Is it baseball? Is it basketball? Is it football? Is it hockey? I mean, can you see Orr and, and Gretzky in one another? Like, what sport well, do you I'm think? A, I'm, not a ho- I'm not a hockey guy, so that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> basketball is the easiest one because the rule changes are not as um, pronounced. Um, and the effect of the equipment is not as pronounced. Like, like in baseball, the equipment, you know, mm. what's, is, does the baseball have a Super Bowl in the middle of it or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you look at Sammy Sosa and you go, yeah, if I put Hank Aaron with that baseball, you know, it's 900 home runs, right? Mm. Um, and, or Ballpark know, dimensions, not, yeah, I get it, I get it. You know, even the bats, high, high even the, the bats. Yeah, high, right. Height of the mound, you know, which is a Bob Gibson thing. Um, you know, like there's just a lot in baseball. You know, the shape of the strike zone and how that changed over the years. All of these things in baseball affect the game a lot. In football, the rules affect a lot, right? Like you get this, you get this mammoth change in the game in the mid 1970s. Essentially because Gil Brandt one day wakes up, you know, I think it's the beginning of the 1976 or 1977 season, and I think the opening week of one of those two seasons, I've looked it up and I just can't remember which one it was, but I think it featured like seven shutouts in the opening week, week, and like three other games where one of the teams scored less than 10 points. And Gil Brandt just looked up. He threw his newspaper down. It wasn't Gil Brandt. I'm sorry, it was Tex Schramm. Yeah. He was in front of, yeah. he was in front of Gil Brandt. Tex Schramm is there and goes, nobody's going to watch this crap because <laughs> you know, nobody can score, right? So he's like, we got to change the rules. So they change the rules and, you know, we get Joe Montana and the 49ers, you know, dominating in the, in the 80s. And then the passing game just takes off because the NFL realizes how much fans love the passing game, right? So we have a completely and totally different era. Um, from what Unitas was playing in or what Namath was playing in or what Fran Tarkenton was playing in. So basketball is the closest. Now, the three-pointer has obviously changed the game a lot um, in the modern use of it. Um, and sometimes that's for the worse and sometimes it's for the better. I mean, when you have teams that actually know how to use the three-pointer, it's fun to watch. When you have teams that are just chucking up shots because they don't know how to play, that's a little frustrating. But we're back to you know scoring and that's fun you know we're back to what sort of you know the Celtic Lakers you know with the 76ers sprinkled in there um you know we're back to that era where scoring is important and we're out of that era you know the sort of Chuck Daly Detroit Chicago era where we're playing games in the 80s and 90s every night which was just dreadful Jason, you know, we're talking about eras, and I brought up, uh, you know, obviously a running back earlier. We've obviously entered into an era where the running back position is not valued in a, in a real way at all for the most part. Do you think mm-hmm. that has – obviously the, the emergence of the passing game is part of that, as you were talking about, but do you think it's swung too far in the – like are they actually undervalued now compared to where they should be considering some of the guys we're going to see on the free agent market this year, it's kind of astounding to me that there's that level of talent and maybe none of them are going to get paid. Um, it's, it's not really a function of the game itself. It's a function of the, it's the salary cap and the way the rules work. Um, and that is that you know that 
it, it's sort of like when you were talking about Priest Holmes, he had three or four great years early on. Mm-hmm. You know, Terrell Davis is kind of the same thing. Well, for running backs, that happens in your first five years. Mm-hmm. And then after your first five years, you're done. Um, it's sort of like the old rule about 800 games for a catcher. You know, catchers are really great for the first 800 games that they catch. And then all of a sudden they fall off a, a cliff, generally, because their bodies are just beaten to crap, mm-hmm. right? Running backs are the same things. Well, if you don't have free agency until maybe the th- after the third season, more likely after the fourth, and sometimes after the fifth, if you franchise a guy, as what happened with Saquon Barkley, when's that guy? When's that dude ever going to get paid? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I, I'm going to draft a running back in the first, second, or third round. I'm going to play him out for those, you know five years that I have, you know, four or five years that I have control, and it's okay, you know, nice nice knowing you, and you're out, and you'll be lucky to get paid, and everybody knows that if I'm paying you now, it's diminishing returns on that investment, because it's more likely that you're going to be devalued in, you know, the upcoming years, because there are very few Curtis Martins in this world. There are very few guys who play... 10 years at that kind of high level consistently. I mean, go back and look at most of the great running backs in history. They have two or three great years, maybe four, even if they play for 10 or 12 years. Hmm. And, and, and then they're just like slogging around making, you know, 600, 800 yards. God, that's a great, you're getting better by the minute with this interview. That's why I like guys like Peterson and Adrian Peterson and, and, and Edron James and, even Clinton, like some of these guys were good for a long time, and I think it's underappreciated because of what the position, the toll that it takes. I mean, Derrick Henry's going to – he's bucking the trend. Now, it just so happens he's hes one of those UFAs. Well, he's, de- he's, he's, de- well, he's, de- he's different. I mean, he's, he's built different. He's, per- he's the perfect running back for this game because when you're playing all these you know, nickel-and-dime defenses uh, yep. you know, on – and and you can play with Derrick Henry. You can play three and four wides because he's his own offensive line. <laughs> um, I mean, in reality, right? Like you know, and I'm and, and all of a sudden, you know, like okay, you're going to line up with six or seven DBs on the on on here, and you're going to run up in the single back with Derrick Henry. Like if he gets on the outside, and none of those dudes want to have anything to do with that, right? Like. It's just like, no man. Like, I'm just, <laughs> like, let me let me grab an arm and hold on for dear life and get me help. You know, like that's what happens with those guys because he just he just powers through those guys. And I'm not saying that that's how he made all his yards and their cheap yards or anything because he he saw plenty of seven and eight man fronts too and and powered through those guys. But you can you can change up the game and force the other team into a situation where they've got a lot of guys on the field who don't want to do, who want nothing to do with having to tackle that guy. And that's, and, and that's just a reality. So he's a battering ram. Um, whereas, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, it's a little bit different. Now McCaffrey does it because he's such a great route runner. He forces, you know, he forces you to play the edges all the time. Um, and that, which opens up a lot of stuff between the tackles for him as well. But you've got to align your de- defense differently. But Derrick Henry's 
I, I love watching him play because it's just it's a brute force thing, and it's such it's so wonderful. Jason, who do you think is going to affect the draft more as a as a free agent? Or and this isn't the case for for Fields, but he's apparently going to be out in Chicago. Who do you think impacts the draft more from the quarterback spot, Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields? Uh, Kirk Cousins because he's a plug and play starter, and you can. You can put Kirk Cousins in and say, okay, he makes us a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Whereas Justin Fields, you're saying, okay, I've still got to see development. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it wouldn't, you know, like, if I took Justin Fields, I probably wouldn't draft a quarterback, but it wouldn't stop me from taking a quarterback. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it, whereas if I take Kirk Cousins, I'm not taking a quarterback in the draft, maybe in the seventh round. If there's some kid that I say, okay, I can develop into, into a backup. But Kirk Cousins, you're going to make a $40, $45 million a year investment in him. Um, he's going to be expensive. And so if if that's what happens with Kirk Cousins, um, yeah, that takes that team off the board. Who's closer, to being a, who's closer to being a quarterback away? This is coming from a diehard Steelers fan. The Steelers or Atlanta? Oh, it's the Steelers by by far. Um, I mean, they have a even given the division. Yeah, even in the division, they have a championship defense. I mean, Atlanta doesn't have. Okay, you can, if you want to win the division, sure. You know, give them a quarterback. Atlanta, Atlanta could maybe win the division, win ten games. Are they really a threat to win um, a Super Bowl? No, <laughs> not not yet. Mm. If you give Pittsburgh a real quarterback. Their threat to win a Super Bowl because of the the caliber of that defense. So that's a real contender. Yeah, do they have to go through Baltimore? Do they have to go through Cleveland? Do they have to go through Cincinnati? Sure, um, but they're they're an actual contender. That's they they could go into Kansas City with that defense and create havoc. And if you have a quarterback who can get the twenty seven, you know, twenty seven or thirty points. Now I say that. This year, I would have said if you can get to twenty three or twenty four, you could you could win you could beat Kansas City. I think by next year, like they're going to have two new receivers on the outside. One's probably going to be somebody like Mike Evans, and then they'll probably draft a guy in the first or second round. And this is a deep deep year for mm-hmm. wide receivers yeah. in the draft. And they're they're not they're not going to let what happened this year happen again. They're not going to make that mistake twice. Jason, just a couple minutes left here with you. You know, I. We're jumping around all over the place, but you know a couple of names that you brought up that that got me thinking were Brock Purdy, and then you mentioned Cincinnati in the division last year. They each have a couple quarterbacks that made it to the Super Bowl and lost. It was brought to my attention last week that the trends for those guys that lose in their first Super Bowl appearance, coming back and winning, are not good. I think Bob Greasy and then a guy that you wrote the book on, literally John Elway, <laughs> are the only ones to have yeah. done it. Is Do you have a theory as to why that's the case, or is it kind of a weird abnormality? Weird abnormality just because I think getting in there is so hard. Mm, okay. So you wouldn't bet against like a Joe Burrow or Brock Purdy if you like the roster no. to go and win? No. it's like, I mean, the 49ers, you know, the, the issue for Brock Purdy and the 49ers is all of the guys are aging out at the same time, mm-hmm. like Debo and Kittle and Juszczyk and um, I know he's a, f- a free agent. I, I kind of expect they'll find a way to keep him. 
um, and McCaffrey, like those guys could all be done at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like they have, they haven't staggered those guys, and they're going to have to figure out a way to to replace them. <laughs> Excuse me. The other thing is that to play in a Shanahan offense, you need to have guys who are really, really um, experienced and smart. So just replacing a guy is not as easy as uh, as at other places. So that hurts Purdy a lot because he needs to have guys around him. Um, as for Joe Burrow, like he's just got to stay on the field. Mm. Um, and I mean that's that's a guy who's a great player and he's going to be a great passer. But they got to keep him on the field. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Only got about thirty seconds here, Jason. But who do you think is the safest pick in the draft? Oh, it's I. You know, look, I think Caleb Williams is the safest pick in the draft as a well, quarterback. That's gutsy. I like it. <laughs> I would go a bit more. Well, let's go this. I think he's going to be a fun, a really fun, great player. Um, but even if you're talking about purely safe, I mean, it's, it's a tie between all Notre Dame and Harrison from Ohio State. <laughs> those guys are again. Those guys. Harrison's going to be a fantastic player. But I always say you bet on quarterback because quarterback can make you get great for 10 or 12 years. Heck of a segment. That's Jason, Jason Cole. Great stuff. We appreciate your time as always. We'll catch up again soon. Anytime, guys. Take Thanks. care. Thanks, Jason. More Hard Ass Sports Radio coming up next.